What's up, you'll hear it, listeners. This is Caleb Kirby. I'm here subbing in for Adam and Peter today in the studio. And uh, today we're just going to be talking about some piano hacks. Kind of cool, like life hacks, but maybe just a little bit cooler. So these questions are coming at you live from Open Studio Pro members. And uh, Adam and Peter are answering them in real time at the You'll Hear It Live session, which usually happens on Mondays if we can make it happen. And I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. It asks, Peter, could you talk about your motif development? I like how you link together ideas seamlessly from short ideas, maybe three or four notes to longer lines. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one thing that I do, uh, I, I'm just coming off like six days of playing two sets a night um, performances like in, in jazz clubs with a really good group. And, um, but some of the same Who's material, the group? go ahead and drop the names, Christian McBride and yeah. inside straight. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, but one thing like after like just a lot of intense playing and stuff like this question that you have is something I kind of think about as I'm improvising, not so much like anymore in, as I'm practicing, but I do think that when we're playing and we're performing, especially in kind of a controlled, repetitive environment, as in several nights in a row and you might play some of the same tunes over and over again, is like, how do you develop? Like, what are the mechanics of developing your motifs, your lines, your ideas? Mm -hmm. And how do you put those together in new and interesting ways without like, like, I always want to be creative and new. And I always think about it, I'm like, I want to play in a way that if somebody comes, like we played four nights in a row in Chicago, eight sets. Mm -hmm. If somebody came to every single set, and there were some people that came to like three nights. I don't know about eight, all eight sets, but three or four sets. But I want somebody, if they come to all eight sets, even if they hear us repeat some of the material, to be glad that they came and be like, wow, that was fresh. Totally. That, that was like, I recognize that, but that was like exciting. Something happened special each time, you know? And so we really, you know, in terms of motivic development, that's just one of the sort of tools that we have in our arsenal to do that. But I think very much about like, where do I start the solo? Like, what is the idea? What is the motif mm -hmm. that I start with? And like, I want that to be very, um, you know, interesting, but also fertile and like something that can be developed mm -hmm. and something that like gets the solo going and sort of sets the tone and, and, and gives me confidence and hopefully gives the people playing with me like interest in what's happening. It's like if you start out on kind of a lame note, you know, it's not done. Like you can move on to something else, but you're, you're kind of like, you know, it's like if you're starting a race and um, you run the wrong way at first. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get back in the race, but first you got to run back to the starting line. So you're going backwards. Everyone else is going there. And then you're going back to the starting line. They're still going. So it's like you're actually twice as far behind. So like how we start our, our you know, talking about mot motivic development. It's like, what is the first thing that we play? Yeah, totally. like that's and it's not that you have to use that for the whole solo, but that's like that's where it starts. And like that's that kernel of the idea. And I think that you have the opportunity to do that at many places within your solo. Totally. So if you start out right, and then that can you can ride on that for a while. Think about it this way, like composers when they write these really huge long form compositions, they're not independently writing every bit of melody out of nowhere, right? Yeah. It's it's all developing the theme. So if you do something just as simple as like as your opening line, right? So like an E flat, right? That's G, F, G, C. So 
there's a lot of information in that. Look at he's already going right. So there's the there's the rhythmic shape. Badagadoo dot. You yep. can use that and you can change the notes. You know so. Yeah. Like what? However you want. There's the interval shape. There's just the notes themselves. First of all, you could just do. Try to keep them as going as long as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's oh here's a a, a, a major second. Mm. You know, taking that shape. There's the oh here's a perfect fourth. You know, like there's so much information yeah. given to you rhythmically, melodically, the shape of the line itself. Um, just repeating it in various ways, you can yeah. get through a whole solo that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think the challenge with that is, with so many different options, is to make a decision uh, in real time. And and this you can definitely practice for sure. And it's like kind of about discipline. Is like make that decision that you're going to concentrate on just you know one or two or maybe three different elements but mainly just one like what adam actually just played there was really all about the rhythm it might seem like you might be like wow that was cool because he's like you know the sixth and and the third and the second but then as he started to move it around until you until that becomes a pattern or a progression it really doesn't matter that could be any notes what makes it work is the rhythm yeah. so it's a melody but it's the rhythmic at least this way of playing and development i would say absolutely well you and know. you and that that's not that's something we didn't even talk i didn't even mention there but that ba ba do dot you can fragment that too ba da ba do doot ba da ba do ba doot ba da ba do dot ba doot ba da ba do doot do what with you know paired with like the intervals and everything there's really from that little opening salvo you've got yeah. everything you could possibly need and then any kind of like language that you put in there that can that's just like can be there to kind of bind things together but you can really build a whole solo we think about sonny rollins on blue seven or that whole yeah. period of sonny's playing you know where he can just take or a Jamal that'll just take a little kernel of inspiration and can or winton kelly yeah little yeah. little bit of information and spread it out over this beautiful this beautiful solo i gotta, Miles. I gotta mention something about winton kelly in chicago but but i was just thinking on this like the rhythm is so important and has so much more to do with the development because by by like pattern develop, I mean, as you move through the chord changes on a tune like this, that's going to actually define where your melody can move. And but you can still use the rhythm to kind of change things up. So it'll start to seem like, wow, he's coming up with a cool, like melodic movement. But actually, just the, the, the changes kind of define that. So the idea is bidludop. Even that stuff, that's, I'm just going, I'm just, there's lots of choices, but that's just stuff that the harmonic flow kind of gives you a possibility of. Yeah. But it's that same rhythmic motif. And then when you, when you loose, like if you go, like you can kind of play with the pattern just of the rhythm too. So it's like you're messing with the actual melody notes based upon the harmony. Yeah. But you're also messing with the rhythm in terms of like, let's let it progress. Let's not, because what you don't want to do is your whole solo is like, and then you know you're changing one thing like you've got to do something to kind of move things along with yeah the development with the rhythm as well yeah 
Um, that's but it's Clint. That's but you can great... take. I'm sorry, but you can take like one idea like this and practice this for like a long time. I remember just doing see this. How many hundreds of things you can come up with? Not mm -hmm. just doing the same thing over and over again. But how, like, how much can you stretch? This yep. one little phrase again and again. How and by the way, you don't even you have go. to make up the phrase because we're all playing tunes that have melodies. Use yeah. the melody. You want to you want to play more melodically? Try the melody. Right. That always works. Uh, uh, <laughs> Can we get a quote card? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Adam Manis, 2022. Uh, Lukatz asks, question, can you share some nice catchy piano life hack? Like, for example, sharp nine is the same sound as the third minor. It changed my life, and I need more. Uh, so my first thought of this is always, uh, Lukatz, is yeah. if you are playing anything that is, like you could play a pentatonic scale over, like you play a C minor. Right? And so you can play like this C minor pentatonic, C, yeah. E flat, F, G, B flat. This is the magic voicing system. You can play a voicing with those five notes. So if I take that scale and I start from the C up here and I skip a note going down. It's a C minor seven voicing. Yeah. And then if I move each one of those notes up the pentatonic scale, there's five different voicing shapes. And the top note of that is a pentatonic scale, right? So this is like an easy life hack. Same thing you can do. So if you do like an F major nine, it's a C major pentatonic scale that you would improvise over. You can make voicings out of that. And they're beautiful. And you've got five of them. That's great. That's yeah. great. So I'll, I'll throw out one that's a little bit of a variation on that, but it's related. So if we stay in C minor, um, if you if you think about the minor third and the perfect fourth, which are really just the next notes of the pentatonic scale. So we go C and then we go to E flat and then you take a triad there. So your E flat triad. And like with a lot of these things, any of these kind of embedded triads, I guess I would call them, you want to learn them in like a number of different ways and become very um, like give yourself a chance to be able to get some facility over these so in other words it's like don't just learn it in root position learn it learn all the inversions don't just learn it going one direction you know skip around so like really get them in your hands but you've got e flat and then you got f and then you know the foundation of it is the c minor triad that's kind of your home base so you got c minor e flat major and then f and then there's a bunch more fun ones that you can throw in but just those three And even just the two, because you know the C minor is so basic. Like you're you're always gonna be there, but if you just take those, you have so much great melodic content. And then and that I guess that kind of hack part of this too is that you can break up, you know, a, a straight minor pentatonic really nicely with this because it includes the A, right? So like a lot of times. Like that kind of playing is really fun, but when you add it, like as soon as you go to, but I'm always like linking it up with that, with that triad. And then when you shift back down to that minor pentatonic, it gives you a really nice thing. And then you can do some more like advanced uses of it, like, where you kind of combine them. And then start to add in just like, 
you know, just little approach notes and stuff. But that foundation of... And like I was saying, you learn them in all the different inversions, but you also learn them by stepping up like you're going on a ladder. So if you go E flat, then you go F. We don't jump up here to E flat. We go to the closest one. So look at the notes on the bottom. Same thing coming down. You're going to whatever is the closest inversion next. Because you can practice them. You never practice them like that, but you can and you should. And that's definitely the type of thing I would think about, like when I'm practicing this stuff. Like, how can I make it fresh? How can I change it up? Yeah, that's great stuff, man. Great stuff, great stuff. So that'll just about wrap it up for you'll hear it this week. Remember to like and subscribe, and that just really helps us out and keeps us going. Also, if you haven't checked out OpenStudio.com, you really should if you want to improve the relationship between you and your instrument. Until next time, happy practicing.